I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Emission. As the Delta variant keeps many of us on edge, public health experts and leaders are stressing, as they have for months, that vaccinations are your best bet in preventing severe disease and death. And vaccine requirements are starting to stack up, and it's not just in your favorite restaurants and bars. On Wednesday, Governor Gavin Newsom announced that California will be the first state in the country to require teachers and school staff to be vaccinated or submit to weekly testing. While the Bay Area's vaccination rates are high compared to the rest of the country, there are parts of the region where barriers to vaccination remain a challenge. But there are people trying to do something about that. People like Raquel Marquez. Yeah, so an average day, we walk around, um, you know, we first we introduce ourselves. We say, hey, we're here with the community. We're spreading awareness about the COVID-19 vaccines. Um, are you interested in getting vaccinated or do you have any questions regarding the vaccine? Raquel and other community ambassadors are part of a vaccination outreach effort that is targeting neighborhoods like the Fruitvale. The idea is to help inform residents about how to get the vaccine and why it's important, especially to people who don't speak English. I feel like a lot of communities, especially like the Latino community or Hispanics, they don't really have a lot of resources or like people that know Spanish to help them out. Chronicle immigration reporter Deepa Fernandez joins me to talk about why efforts like these by children of immigrants may be the key to increasing COVID vaccinations and stemming Delta variant infections in the Bay Area. So Deepa, tell us about the community ambassador program that you reported on in Oakland. Who's coordinating that effort and what do they do? Yes, Cecilia. So it's super interesting because it's a partnership between community-based organizations, which is in Oakland, there's the Unity Council of Oakland, um, and they're really deeply rooted in Fruitvale. Um, There's a local health clinic called La Clinica, Fruitvale Village, and then there's the UCFS Latinx Center of Excellence, which is really the the hub where the training of the community ambassadors happens. But, um, you know, I interviewed for the story Dr. Alicia Fernandez of, of the UCSF Latinx Center of Excellence, and she was really kind of the brains behind starting this because she realized that people who were being left behind or left out or not getting vaccinated really had these simple issues that if they could just have a one-on-one conversation with someone, it would solve that. And and really the kind of public health, the major public health strategies of kind of like, you know, PSAs or um, multimedia kind of radio ads or, you know, however the public health message was getting to, to many other people, it wasn't reaching folks who had these really individual concerns. And so that's where she thought it would be a really good idea to just try this idea of having community members themselves go out and talk to other community members to help allay fears or just provide information. And I understand that it's leveraging the skills, the language skills of bilingual children of immigrants. What groups are we talking about in Fruitvale? Well, that's what I found so interesting, too. So obviously, there's a large Latino population, so so Spanish there, but there's also so many other language groups that, that live in the area, Vietnamese, Cantonese, Tagalog, Arabic. You know, so we're, we're talking 
you know, a, a wide range here. And, and I also found it really fascinating, Cecilia, because, you know, as children of immigrants, you, you often grow up hearing another language, speaking another language, and there's very few places where that's valued, you know, mm-hmm. because it's always about learning English and you do that and, and you have these bilingual skills. And I think this project is really drawing on those and saying, it's actually this your superpower. It's a strength right here to come out and be able to talk to folks in your own community to get this really critical public health information across to them. And of course, there's the element of trust. You know, I'm a child of immigrants myself, and I remember helping my parents navigate, I don't know, different complicated things that they had to get done. So that's a skill level of bilingual children uh, that really generates probably some trust that helps with this vaccination effort, right? Absolutely. And I think that's where, you know, public health officials are taking note of what this program is doing because, you know, uh, in many ways, exactly what you just pointed out, there are so many children who have done all sorts of things for their parents that have helped the system function. Like imagine if they weren't there or you weren't there or I wasn't there to do it for my parents, how, Mm -hmm. you know, there are cracks that people would have just fallen through. And this program actually names it and makes these very people the ambassadors, like, and and pays them to do it. Mm -hmm. And the main narrative that we keep hearing is that the Bay Area is highly vaccinated, especially in San Francisco. There's just these high vaccination rates. But there are these pockets in the region where rates are low. Is that why Fruitvale was particularly important for the program? Yeah. And and that's what um, Dr. Alicia Fernandez told me. She said, you know, they started this in San Francisco. Um, now, in San Francisco, currently, 67% of Latinos are fully vaccinated, and this compares to 62% of whites. So a full five percentage points more. You know, so mm-hmm. so these ideas kind of float around about vaccine hesitancy and, and you know, certain groups, you know, not getting vaccinated. Well, San Francisco really proves that Latinos are leading the way in terms of being fully vaccinated. Um, it's less so in Alameda County, um, you know, and, and I think that's the gap that, that Dr. Fernandez and others saw, that, you know, they needed to get into Oakland because, you know, Oakland's also, as, as you know, kind of really been in the bullseye of COVID for, for communities of color, for Black and Latino and other immigrant communities. They've taken the brunt of COVID. So I think that also led to this idea with the Delta variant really spreading quickly that that good information needs to get to people so that they will get vaccinated. And for your story, you went and shadowed the community ambassadors. Can you Tell us a little bit more about what you observed, what conversations they were having, and what the response from the community sounded like. Sure. You know, it was interesting um, to, to walk the, the streets of Fruitvale with them. And they basically had some clipboards with information and they just, you know, sauntered up to people um, and just asked them. You know, they introduced themselves and they just said, you know, we're from the community and we're just wondering if you have any questions about COVID or the COVID vaccine. And, you know, for the most part, people engage them. It was interesting. Many led with, I'm fully vaccinated. 
And so, you know, to me, it, you would have thought that might have been a point where they would have said, okay, great, can, you know, and moved on. But they followed up and they said, well, what about your family? And, you know, mm. do you, is there anyone who might not be vaccinated? Does anyone need information? Can we help? You know, so it was really probing beyond just the person that they met. You know, you're now getting to the ones who, you know, they really might not want to do it. Um, and there are various reasons for that. It's not all kind of hesitancy, although there was mm-hmm. quite a bit of that. You know, there was the woman who who said that God would protect her. There was actually a couple of people who said that, um, you know, and fully believed it. And I kind of was looking at them wondering, okay, you're going to take this on? Are you going to like tell her that God's not going to protect her from COVID? Um, and I kind of held my breath waiting to see what they would do. But they just gave her information, um, mm-hmm. you know, and later I talked to them about it and, and you know, they, they told me, you know, that we're not here to debate people. We're not here to, to, count of, to, 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 to sort of counter beliefs with science. Mm-hmm. What they just do is they just simply tell them the facts. And Raquel Marquez, the woman we heard from earlier, says it's all about having the right tone and approach. I think... The main thing is you have to treat everybody like they're humans. You can't treat them differently just because of their race or if they can't talk, you know, English. Being bilingual does help. But I think also the tone of voice that you give to people, that really, I think, makes a difference to me. When you're dealing with communities where people really are living kind of paycheck to paycheck, where they they might have fears that they'll have to pay for it or that they need health insurance. or So I think they've gotten this routine down where they can just say, you know, so when someone says, "Um, I think there's a chip that they're going to implant in me or I think that God will keep me safe, they can counter with things like, well, you know, it's free and you don't need health insurance and there's this and it will it's it's been proven really safe and look right over there you can walk in without an appointment and quite often the the, the people who they were talking with just kind of said oh okay mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they hand, handed them some information sheets and they moved on to the next person you're listening to fifth and mission you can support this show and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com/pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. What seems to be, you know, the biggest barrier to vaccinations from what you observed in talking to the community ambassadors? Some of the things that we've been hearing is, you know, mistrust of medical professionals, conspiracy theories. Those things seem really hard to to debunk, but did you observe things that the community ambassadors were able to do just to tease out some of those bigger barriers? You know, there there are definitely access issues, and 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 as I was saying, and as you just pointed out, a lot of that has to do with just fear, right? Like whether it's fear of I'll be charged and I don't have the money, or mm-hmm. um, I am undocumented and I'll be asked for proof of something. They were really skilled, and I think it really comes from the fact that they come from this community, like they've grown up in these families. They know it without it having to be said, and and I saw multiple times where, you know, there wasn't a direct reference to the thing that the person was afraid of, but they managed to hit that issue, and they got a conversation going. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and then the, and I, I remember them clearly talking to a, a group of three guys who... 
um, you know, were perched kind of, you know, on a side corner. They were eating, looked like breakfast and probably about to go off to work. And, and they, the first thing they said was, oh no, we're all vaccinated. Um, and then they just kind of real, and so, but they kept going and the, the, the ambassadors kept talking to them. And then it turned out that actually only one of them was vaccinated and the other two had all these questions. The way they conversationally engaged folks, you know, really helped answer their questions. And they were able to point out to them exactly where to go, um, you know, and then my, the, the, the last, one of the last people that we came up when I was with them really did want their help in making an appointment. So, so, you know, one of them, Alexa Rivas just kind of whipped out her phone and bam, 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 she made him the appointment. Here's community ambassador Raquel Marquez again. A lot of people are so thankful about us coming out here and helping them make appointments because many don't know how to use the computer or where to go to get an appointment. I would say maybe like 80% yes, I need help getting vaccinated. And maybe 20% is no, I either I don't need help getting vaccinated or I don't want to get vaccinated. So it could just be as simple as a tech technological or an internet type of, of obstacle or barrier, you know, that just it's just one extra thing you have to do, so you just haven't done it. And like with so many issues related to the pandemic, things are so polarized, it seems that trust element really makes the key difference here. Absolutely. Like, I, I could see the trust that, you know, people had in talking to these people who who probably looked like their own nieces and nephews or, mm-hmm. you know, or their own sister or brother. Um, and And I think trust is huge. You know, I think if, if you're a a, a white social worker going in or a public health worker going in, um, you know, even me as the reporter going in, you know, I, I clearly stood out from the, the rest of these ambassadors who were able to really just gain the trust very quickly of the people who they were talking to, um, and and I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned from that. Deepa, I know you just joined the Chronicle as an immigration reporter, which so many of us are so thrilled about. And I, I wonder, for reporting on this story and thinking about the ways that communities are being framed around vaccine hesitancy, what are sort of the larger takeaways that you think are really important about public health vaccination efforts in these specific groups? Yeah, thank you, Cecilia. It's it's really exciting for me to to be here at the Chronicle and be able to report on on communities that you know so often are invisible, and and I think this really does go to the heart of something that I know we're trying to do at at the Chronicle, but that's just listen better to communities, um, and you know, and I think part of the public health strategy. And maybe what we've all learned during COVID is all our fates are intricately linked. So, you know, if, if one community is not getting the information, that is that is going to impact all of us. It's going to spread. Um, and so I think, you know, to dispel the idea that um, that communities of colour, you know, are the, the ones that are more hesitant, you know, that we, we that's that's been happening. We we do know that, but I think to mm-hmm. get a very close up look when we get into the the stage that we're at now to see how it's also communities helping themselves. It's communities stepping up with their own solutions, um, which is what I found, you know, when I was walking the streets with, with these young people, you know, 
I think it's it's really important to highlight and spotlight solutions that work. Well, your story felt like a bright spot to hear that a community program is effective, but that it's also just shedding more light on the communities that often don't get the same kind of attention. So thanks so much for sharing it with me, Deepa. Thank you, Cecilia. Thanks for having me. Deepa Fernandez is an immigration reporter at The Chronicle. You can find her story about Alameda County's Community Ambassador Vaccination Program online now at sfchronicle.com or on The Chronicle app. Thank you to King Kaufman for producing this episode and to you for listening. <laughs>